See, if you hadn't said that, they wouldn't have known it was me. Uh, thanks for being here this morning, joining us here in the room. Thanks for joining us online. And I just want to say Merry Christmas uh, because we're there. My name's Mike. I'm the lead pastor here. And you are about to find out just what kind of place you are part of today. Uh, this year, as we approach Christmas, our messages are going to be under the umbrella of uh, a series we're calling Ugly Christmas Sweaters. And I didn't even know, really, that this was a thing until I looked it up on the internet, which we all know never lies. Uh, and so I just want to say it goes all the way back to the 50s when the Jingle Bell sweater trend began. Yeah, check those beauties out. Uh, it was one of the ways that the Christmas and the winter holidays actually began to become commercialized in the United States. Festively decorated sweater designs came into popularity, but surprisingly slipped away again. Uh, it took a few decades until the sweaters made another surge in the United States. It was in the 80s. It kind of became an iconic statement because of Clark Griswold, who was in a movie that I know none of us have seen. Uh, uh, but but uh, it faded back into obscurity until two men named Chris Boyd and Jordan Birch held the first ever ugly Christmas sweater party took place in the Commodore Hotel, uh, the ballroom in Vancouver in 2002. And I know that's way more than you ever wanted to know about ugly sweaters. But if you're new to MCC, the reason I'm telling you all that is because I want you to know that while we're serious about following Jesus and figuring out how that plays out in real time in our day-to-day -day lives. We are also, part of our MO here, is we like to be silly and to have a good time. So we're going to celebrate National Ugly Sweater Day. Uh, and I don't even know if you knew that was a real thing, but it is. It was on the internet. Again, it doesn't lie. There's some debate over the, day, debate, the date, but the third Friday of December is National Ugly Sweater Chris, Ugly. Christmas sweater day. It doesn't work. Yes, thank you. Uh, it doesn't even work for us because that's a Friday, but we're going to observe it on Sunday the 18th. So on Sunday the 18th, everybody, come dressed in your ugliest Christmas sweater. And I was just thinking before I came up, or suit, your ugliest Christmas suit, if you have such a thing. So mark it on your calendar. Here's why we're, why we're doing this. Uh, while ugly Christmas sweaters are funny, uh, and we know that Christmas brings with it for many people, the ugly side of life, we try to bury it, right, in colored lights and music and Christmas specials and Hallmark movies that start in October. But people, maybe, maybe your friends, maybe you, deal with some of the ugliness of Christmas, the busyness that seems to sweep our month away, or depression, or loneliness. And, and what we want to make sure that we remember as followers of Jesus is that he didn't come to gloss over the ugly parts of life. He actually came to light them up with the light of his kingdom. Uh, so we're going to be taking the three weeks that lead right up to Christmas, and we're going to be looking at what Jesus has to say about helping people through the ugly parts of Christmas. Today we're starting in Luke's account of Jesus' birth. So if your Bible is with you, Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to be. If you have the YouVersion Bible app up, you'll see the verses there along with our notes for this morning, which you may want to share with a friend. Because even if you're not struggling with this, I guarantee you have a friend who's struggling with the ugliness of busyness. So here it is, Luke chapter 2 beginning in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So 
a little backdrop, every 14 years, the Roman government would take a census. They decided the most accurate way to do that was to force everyone to return to their hometown or the city of their fathers so that they could record their name, their occupation, their property, and their family. Ultimately, the census was for military and tax purposes. Rome wanted their money. But it takes us to the very first reason, despite our best intentions, that Christmas can get ugly when things don't go as I planned, right? And we're going to see that in this story. Verse 4, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. So Joseph takes his very pregnant wife on a 70 to 80 mile trip. It's at least three days walking. Best case scenario is that she's, there's a donkey involved. We don't know that, but that'd be the best case scenario. There's none of this recline your seat, turn the air conditioning up, try to get comfy, honey, while I drive. None of that for them. And if you can imagine how difficult this journey would have been for Mary. In verse 6, we read, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. One scholar translated it, and it's in the notes. I want to make sure he took this home. And she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the place where they had meant to lodge. I just want to make sure that, and I'm almost certain, almost all of us at least, already know this. When you think of lodging, I mean, we're not thinking of something like a Holiday Inn Express. We're not talking about anything like that. Most likely, uh, there was a place Joseph had planned to stay. I'm guessing it was actually with a relative. Uh, maybe had even promised Mary, listen, don't worry about it. I know a place. We don't need reservations. Famous last words, gentlemen, by the way, that rank right up there with I know a shortcut, and I don't need to stop and ask for directions, right? And I don't know this, but I wonder... This place that Joseph's talking about, how familiar he is with it. Bethlehem was only six miles from Jerusalem. So did Joseph's family go to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover every year? And were there relatives that they stayed with every time they made that trip? Because this, listen, this, this, this is where his family was from. Jewish hospitality was incredibly strong, is still incredibly strong to this day. But what we know is that they intended to stay somewhere, and it didn't work out, didn't go as they had planned, which is quite an understatement. But it's not an isolated exception. Joseph and Mary had planned to get married and have children, and in that order, and it didn't work out that way. So when he found out that she was pregnant, not with his child, Joseph planned on a quiet divorce, but things didn't work out the way he had planned. And maybe, I'm guessing... For some of us, at least, things aren't working out the way you planned either. It wasn't part of the plan to be unemployed at Christmas time. It wasn't part of the plan to be battling cancer. It wasn't part of the plan to have somebody that you love in a foreign country away from the family celebrating Christmas this year. It wasn't part of the plan to be single again. It wasn't part of the plan to be raising children alone or to have no children to raise. It wasn't part of the plan to be visiting someone you love in a hospital or a cemetery. Wasn't part of the plan to give birth in a strange city in a barn. But things didn't work out the way Mary and Joseph had planned. But that leads us right into and reminds us that Christmas can also become ugly busy because of the unexpected. So not only did it not go as they planned, there's some unexpected bumps even more. 
Verse 8 says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He's the Lord. And when the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, ladies, if you've had a child, can you imagine uh, a bunch of shepherds fresh from the fields showing up in your hospital room right after you have given birth? Uh, so it wasn't part of Mary's plan. And to be fair, it wasn't part of their plan either. They're out doing what shepherds do, right? Uh, they're watching their sheep, and an angel shows up and announces a Savior has been born in Bethlehem. And so they do what you would hope they would do. They go see what's happened. Now, for us, it's probably not about shepherds showing up at your front door uh, in this month of December unexpectedly. But do you ever get unexpected knocks on your door? You know, I don't know if you ever have found, when you're reading through Scripture, have you ever found a passage that just kind of tickles you? Because, I mean... The reality of it, you just can't believe it's in the Bible. Proverbs 25, 17, don't visit your neighbor too often or you'll wear out, wear out your welcome, right? You ever thought about that? Uh, now, our street is a little different than most. I actually think we probably live on the best street in Miamisburg, maybe in all of Ohio, because our neighbors are actually uh, neighbors. And not just the people who live right next to us, but everyone who lives on our street. And to be fair, I don't know all of our neighbors like I know some of our neighbors, but when someone on our street needs help, our street shows up. I fully anticipate that over this month, over the next three months, that when it snows, if it's a big enough snow, that the guys on our street who have snowblowers will be out hitting every driveway and every sidewalk on our street. And we have those who don't have snowblowers who will be out with their shovels and getting the places that the snowblowers can't. But not everyone is fortunate enough to live on a street like ours. And maybe for you, it is a neighbor who knocks just too often on your door. Or maybe it's that knock of a salesperson or an unexpected meeting, like the little guy who went home and told his mom and dad there's a small PTA meeting tonight. And his mom said, well, if it's you know, a small meeting, I don't think I'm going to go. And the little boy said, well, you have to. It's only you, me, and dad, and my teacher. Uh, <laughs> or, maybe, or maybe it's not a knock on your door. Maybe it's a knock on your calendar, an event uh, that just keep getting added to your calendar somehow. You don't even know how they're getting there. And again, you had the best intentions, but how did this year already get to looking like last year? And you swore you'd never have another year like last year. Verse 16 says, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph talking about the shepherds and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. You know, it's, it is impossible to miss that something is happening during this time of year. Christmas uh, is hard to miss in our culture. They've had Christmas items on display since Halloween. And just so those of you who don't know me, I just want to show I love that. Uh, don't tell anyone, but that's, I'm that guy. Uh, I've heard people say things like, just 100 shopping days until Christmas, which I find funny because most of us men... Don't even think about it till about 100 hours uh, before Christmas. But here's one thing I want us to see from that first road trip. Nearly everyone missed the first Christmas. It was so subtle. It was happening in such a quiet corner of the world that nearly everyone missed it. Only the shepherds stopped what they were doing 
and took note of the arrival of Jesus. Everyone else just seemed to be going on with the hustle and bustle of their, their life. Even though none of us will miss the Christmas event, I tell you all that because it is quite possible that even some of us in this room will miss the significance of this Christmas. Until the angels announced it to the shepherds out in the field, everyone missed what God was doing in that stable. If you and I had been walking past that stable that night, I hesitate to say we most likely would have missed what God was doing there. Uh, We most certainly would not have thought that God was at work. We probably would have thought that he'd abandoned those people, that he'd forgotten them. Our lives at this time of year can become so crowded that it becomes easy to miss the true meaning of Christmas. So how do we make sure that we don't? It's December 4th. We're still kind of at the beginning. We intentionally put this second in this series. I just want you to know our Thanksgiving message was actually an undercover Christmas message uh, set up before Black Friday and Cyber Monday because one of the things that can make Christmas time ugly is the debt we incur over this month and it carries over into the next year. And so we kind of wanted to warn you, <laughs> warn you off about that. Uh, uh, so how can we make sure that we don't miss it? You ready? It's in the notes. And I, and I hope that you will take this to heart. Number one, keep my holy ponder. And I don't even know if you knew you had one of those, but you do. Uh, verse 19, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. That word pondered, by the way, uh, can mean weighed. Uh, it means she kept them. She held on to them. She reflected on these memories. She treasured these memories. For Mary, there was this holy wonder over what was happening in the stable. And you read that same word years later. So she wondered and pondered about this for years. I want to encourage you to put that at the top of your to-do list this Christmas. Take time in all of the activity and ponder in your heart over this holy wonder that God loves me enough that he would send his son as an infant, born in a stable, and laid in a manger. Take time to ponder the fact that God invaded earth on a perilous rescue mission. Let that roll around in your head and in your heart for just a little bit and capture the weight of that. So how do you do that? One thing to say it, another thing to do it. Maybe it means stopping in the middle of your Christmas shopping and getting a peppermint mocha at Starbucks and pulling out your your Bible app on your phone and reading this story one more time. Maybe, maybe you gather the kids around in your house, you have wrapped up all of the members of the nativity scene, and you unwrap them one night at a time and talk about the significance of that character in that story so that your children get it. Maybe for you, it's about stopping uh, some morning where you can watch the sunrise. And meditate on these words that Zechariah speaks about the coming of Jesus. He said, the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness. And in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. There's another way that we uh, need to schedule. We need to schedule intentional margin in our lives. You ever wondered why God chose the shepherds to share this? I mean, earth-shattering, history-changing mind-blowing information. Why would he choose the shepherds to be the first ones to learn about this? Maybe it was because they were underdogs, and God loves working with underdogs. Listen, they weren't rich or famous or powerful. They weren't the ones that anyone in their culture would have expected to be first to get the important news. 
But it's interesting, when you read through Scripture, Old Testament and New, you find out that God loves to work through underdogs like these shepherds. But I do wonder if there's another reason. Maybe it was because these shepherds had in their lives something that many, most, all of us don't have, and that's margin. Listen, what do you think, what do you think you're doing when you're sitting up with sheep late at night? I mean, they weren't playing, you know, video games. Uh, what were they doing? Maybe they took time to think a little deeper. Maybe they thought a little bit more about God. Maybe, maybe you think a little bit about some of the scriptures that you heard this past week in the synagogue reading. I wonder how many of us can honestly say this morning that we have intentionally scheduled margin in our lives so that we can stop and think about God. If I challenged you this morning to take 10 minutes a day, just take 10 minutes every day this week, and read scripture. And by the way, there is a reading plan in the YouVersion notes. It's a YouVersion Bible reading plan for Christmas. We're inviting everyone at MCC uh, to be part of that. Here in the room, those online, all of us join together and do this reading plan together so you can think about the beauty of Christmas. And we can all do it as a group. But I wonder how many of us are already thinking, even just the mention of that, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, who has time? To do that, I have so many things, especially during Christmas. I just want to say, if you don't begin the practice, you will never have 10 minutes where you can slow down, and that will just become a beginning of it. You know, in life, we can get so busy watching things that don't matter, posting things that don't matter too much, shopping for things that aren't going to matter for long, that we're missing what God is doing in the world and how he just might want to use you and me in what he's accomplishing. And we miss it. Because there's no margin in our lives. We've not intentionally set aside time to stop and listen and think. And if we do those well, it might help me to keep believing that Jesus changes everything. That's one way, by the way, that busyness doesn't get hold of us. In verse 10, it says, the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. A savior that changes everything was born. Don't lose sight of how he has changed you. Don't lose sight of how he has changed history. Don't lose sight of how Jesus has changed the world, how he has changed eternity. The baby in the manger, he literally has changed everything. In Romans 3, Paul would write, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. That baby in the manger, he changed everything. A chapter later in Romans 4, Paul would say he was handed over, talking about Jesus, he was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. That baby in the manger... And he's changed everything. He's changed everything about everything. Let that sink into your hearts this Christmas. Keep that on the forefront of your thinking. And you will begin to see just what God has been up to and what he is still up to in our world, specifically at Christmas. And can I just say that someone shared Jesus with you. You didn't find him on your own. Somebody helped you find him. And we need to keep sharing Jesus with everyone. The angel said that the birth of Jesus is good news for all people, not just religious people, not just poor or rich people, not just really smart or not so smart people, but for all people. You know, maybe your life isn't 
like you planned. And maybe it's not as good as you dreamed. As a matter of fact, maybe, maybe your life is a mess right now. And this Christmas <laughs> looks like it is just going to be another whirlwind of activity for you. Can I tell you that Jesus wants to calm your whirlwind? He does that. Read scripture. You'll find out he does that. And that's a gift you're not going to find under the tree. You're only going to find it at the foot of the cross, which is why each year at Christmas time here at MCC, you will see at the foot of the cross a manger. The birth of Jesus is that he came. The cross of Jesus is why he came. So we stop each week. We create margin in our time of worship, margin in our week to remember as we celebrate Christmas, not just that he was born, but we want to make sure that we celebrate why he was born, because that will keep our hearts and our minds centered on who he is and who he calls us as his children to be. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to do this together, and then I'm going to give you a moment to talk to him about who you are, who he is in your life, and what this month will look like, what you will determine today this month will look like for you. God, thank you for a story like this that reminds us, especially those of us, that things just aren't turning out the way they thought they would. That's really been the story of Christmas since the very first one. Life certainly was not what Joseph and Mary had thought it was going to be, and it would never be again because of the difference that Jesus would make in their lives. But because of their faithfulness to you in traveling this path that was so foreign to their dreams, Jesus has changed not just the world. He's changed our world. And so thank you for that. Jesus, we are grateful that you would come to this place, that you would take on flesh and humanity and live a sinless life so that you could give yours for our sins, that we would have this hope of a life here on earth that is different if we'll follow you because you have a better way, and hope of life after this place. So as we begin our walk into December and it's already begun programs have already been happening God as we walk into this month may we be determined intentional strategic in what we allow our days to look like so that we can have margin to keep you first in our life first and most first and most so that we can celebrate Jesus, your birth, well. Thank you for loving us so much. We love you too. And Jesus, we pray this in your name.